International. Lie, cheat, and steal the podcast about grifters, bullshitters, liars, crooks, and cons. Uh, my name is Kath Barbadoro. I am filling in as your primary host today because Pat Royce overslept and uh, can't get a ride share down to the studio today. Um, so yeah, uh, we're going to do our best without him. Luckily, I have a wonderful guest with me today. Uh, comedian Adam Rabick is here. Uh, hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? When I said hello, I would just stare into the candles in front of me and not at anybody. Perfect. That sounds like you. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like me. Uh, and it also if you sounds- know if, the, if you're listening, you don't know Adam Rabick, not the biggest fan of eye contact. No, uh, actually, uh, neither me nor anybody in this store. I want to real quick before we get into this. I just want to make an apology ahead of time to the Spectrum community because, <laughs> as you guys are about to find out, everybody in this story and probably in the entire game show world is fully autistic is is absolutely on the spectrum at least fully train fans yes uh, not the band yeah uh, so I just want to say, uh, as a member of the community, uh, I apologize for how we're going to look. You're right allowed. I feel like you're on the spectrum enough yeah. that you can yeah, make fun I, of them. Yeah, it's, this is a solidarity. Exactly. Uh, uh, just we uh, train lovers. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, Adam, yeah, you're going to be talking about the uh, game show scandal in the 50s, right? Yes. Like, where they rigged game shows and shit. Well... They have always rigged game shit. Like it, right. it's, it's are they still rigged? They are uh, a lot of them are still rigged. well, okay. l- still rigged. Uh, but also there is a lot of uh, just people who will come on to like try and game the system themselves. Well, which, yeah, I mean, but that's like that's capitalism. It's, that's like if you find the way to cheat and you're the player, you win. Yeah, right? th- uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you think so? I think so. Yeah, I, uh, it's de- definitely fair game. Uh, a lot of these people don't quite get away with it. There's uh, Michael Larson. He was a 35-year-old ice cream truck driver uh, and also did not look like the guy you want driving an ice cream truck. Oh, boy. Yeah. What did he play? Uh, he played a game called Press Your Luck. And here, here's his story. He... Um, he was driving an ice cream truck and when he wasn't driving an ice cream truck he would do nothing but watch tv and like not in a lazy couch potato way but no, in like, like an enthusiastic participant way participant of watch he would he bought multiple 25 inch tvs and he stacked them up in a wall and he would watch them all at once and <laughs> like his, a 24 hour news channel yeah and his uh then but just of game shows his yeah uh his girlfriend at the time he had a girlfriend at the time yeah he had well, a girlfriend uh his girlfriend this always at- bums me out so much because like Every time there's we do one of these podcasts about some horrible bullshitter or like I listen to like my favorite murder and they talk about murderers or whatever, they always have a fucking girlfriend. <laughs> and it's like, how do you Yeah. That's so unfair. I know so many wonderful people who can't get a date and yet yeah, these and fucking the, sociopaths about, he sawed off her legs and then returned to his wife and two lovely children. Exactly. <laughs> or like, yeah, yeah, like imagine Although I guess that makes sense because like I do know people who their boyfriends basically 
all they do is watch TV all day and drive an ice cream truck or the productive equivalent of that. So fair enough. Is that just like an easier boyfriend to have? Because like you I know guess, where he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know he's not cheating on you. Yeah, you know yeah. he's not getting up to trouble. Yeah. He's just watching He's watching your his lock. nine TVs that his <laughs> then girlfriend said would make the room so hot the paint would peel off the walls. Is that what her complaint was? That, yeah. Well, I don't know if it was a complaint, but it was a, no- <laughs> a note she made. Did that really happen? <laughs> yes. God damn. Uh, and he stumbles upon this game, Press Your Luck. Okay. Which, the ba- have you? do you know what that game is? Yes. The basic premise is there's colored tiles forming That's a square. That's the one with whammies. Whammies, yeah. Yeah, say no you whammies. A, if, you, if you land on a whammy, you lose all your money. Okay. And there's different uh, dollar amounts and prizes. Uh, and the system was supposed to be like randomized. Like the people who programmed it said that it was so well programmed and randomized that the most anybody would ever win is $25,000. Okay. And like most people averaged about like $14,000 when they won when they won the when game. They won. When, when they, they won. When they didn't just totally lose everything. Uh, so. It's not bad. Yeah. Not bad for a day's work. Not bad. Michael Larson thought he could do better. He started watching the game on all of his TVs. He would like tape episodes and like play them next to each other and studied and looked for patterns and he figured out... look for patterns in the randomness. In the randomness, okay. yeah. And like he found, a psycho. Yeah, and he found out that it wasn't random at all. It was just five different looping patterns. Ah. And so he memorized them all Like and, and went to uh, Press Your Luck Studios and got on the game show, and he won $104,950. Holy shit. Uh, a sailboat and two <laughs> all-inclusive trips. So we won like a Where did he live? Uh, Do you know? I, I'm not sure actually where he lived. I just feel like a sailboat is a real white elephant of a gift. Yeah, like, unless you, yeah, unless you have somewhere to immediately put it. Yeah, <laughs> that is a I lot. I guess of if that. you win a hundred something thousand dollars, like. You can, you can figure out what like to do with your sailboat. Of, yeah. But like if I want a sailboat today, I would be so mad. Yeah. Like where where's it gonna go in the parking lot of yeah. my apartment complex in this landlocked city we live in? Like fuck that. <laughs> I don't want a goddamn sailboat. Uh, can we close another mall so I have somewhere to put my sailboat, please? <laughs> Uh, so he won about so the total prize was about one hundred ten thousand nice. dollars, and he took that and he like put it right in the bank, and then he immediately withdrew fifty thousand dollars in one dollar bills because cool. he found out about a radio contest that said if you can match the serial number on a dollar bill to the one we read on air, you win thirty thousand dollars. Okay, so, so like, this at this point. It's clear that this guy's in it for the love of the game and not for the money. Oh, yeah. Like, there's, yeah. There's something beyond. He's <laughs> go, he's going for the challenge. Yeah. And he knows that if he pulls out $50,000, he can get one of those serial I numbers. I can't imagine how heartbroken his girlfriend must have been when he won all that money and she was like, finally, this is over. Like, we, he won the money. Yeah. We can enjoy this money. We can go out for a nice dinner. We can go on the sailboat. And then he's like, hold on. I Let, yeah. here's fifty thousand dollar one dollar bills. Like you got to spend money to win money. Exactly. Good God. Okay. He, uh, yeah, and he counts. He's, he keeps all these dollar bills in his apartment for days as he counts and like look checks each individual serial number mm-hmm. until one night he and his girlfriend go out to a Christmas party and they come back and the door is kicked in. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> so also, okay. Do you have more about the store being kicked in? Do you find out anything about this robbery? No, he just got away with it. (laughs) Okay. So I'm wondering, I have a lot of questions. Okay. (laughs) Number one, 
I feel like, again, a real gift of the Magi situation when somebody breaks a new apartment and finds that much money, but it's all in ones. Oh, my God. Yeah. That sucks. That's like the story you hear about the guy who's like, yeah, you can rob me, but I keep all my savings in pennies. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, good luck carrying good it luck. out. Hope you brought yeah. a dolly. Yes, I am libertarian. How could you tell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel like if this guy were around today, he would be doing something with Bitcoin. Some investigative Bitcoin, like investing yeah. Bitcoin scheme. Uh, but yeah, like, I just feel like that's such a, it's like an end of a Twilight Zone episode. Yes. You know? It's exactly a Twilight <laughs> Zone episode. But apparently whoever it was hauled all the money out of there. So good for him. Yeah. He like, oh, thank God I brought both trucks. Like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Continue. Continue. Oh, no, that's the end of that story. That's the end of that story? That's the end of that story. Okay. Uh, so that's the appetizer story. That's the, yeah, that's the uh, uh, hors d'oeuvres. Okay. That's the other word for appetizer. So let's get into the, the main course here. Okay. Uh, it starts out with a show called... Uh, 21 it was similar to the card game but it was also like trivia you basically would answer a trivia question and you get like x amount of points but you didn't you like couldn't you wager or something something yeah something like that basically you yeah, you could bet that you will get more points if you get this question right yeah, I don't, yeah something but, like that but, but you, you also, had to get to 21 you had it to get to like, 21 without getting over and you don't know what your opponent's score is got so it's it. kind of true it's kind of Okay, but it's mostly trivia, Uh, right? You had to answer fairly difficult trivia questions. I would say like mid-tier Jeopardy, right? A little bit harder, harder than that. Actually, like pretty hard questions. That was like one of the problems I found out. This the show was uh, created by these two guys, Jack Barry and Dan Enright. Both Mm -hmm. these guys. complete psychopaths no regard for human life whatsoever totally willing to just manipulate people uh they uh so they set up this game and they play they shoot one episode like honestly like like they have people really trying really trying to get the questions right non-rigged yeah non-rigged and it sucked yeah it was so boring the contestants just like didn't know any of the answers there were really there were really tough questions like when herb stemple this is the main character he's like sees the show and he's like i bet i can do that because he's like been in quizzes his whole life sure he's like a quiz quiz bowl bowl guy yeah uh but then he would like enter like adult tournaments which because there was like no bar trivia that you could just be like right so you could just be like the worst God. of your group of friends yeah instead you just by yourself you have to go either go on game shows i will say this like i make fun of bar trivia as we're both comedians yeah like bar trivia is our natural enemy i feel like uh but it it offers a very important outlet for a lot of annoying people. yeah <laughs> like i'm glad it exists to yeah to give those people it's, somewhere to put all of it's that it's like getting annoyed by how much flypaper there is in your house yeah 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 yeah. it's like like, it could be flies it's covered in flies though so (laughs) yeah like it's doing its job yeah uh so he so he's like real good at that stuff so he's that guy and he sees he would be running bar trivia if you were around today oh yeah he'd be running it or he'd be just running around to the different ones and like like giving himself a nickname yeah and being like i'm the guy who walks in here and wipes the floor with you half nerds i'm spectrum you guys are just nerds you can never live (laughs) up to me exactly uh so he uh thinks he can go on this show 21 he thinks he knows a lot of questions uh trivia answers he takes a qualifying test which takes three and a half hours 
he got 251 out of 363 questions right, which he says is the highest score ever on the qualifying round. So that's like two thirds of the questions right, and it's the best as anyone's ever done. Also, that is so many questions. It's you have a to lot. Answer. It's Holy like fuck. the bar exam. Yeah, but it's for Jesus. a stupid game show. For a game show that's rigged. For a, ga- so, for a game show that's rigged. That yeah. <laughs> Why do they ask you that many questions? That's, I don't. It would take yeah. like six hours. I'm not. Sh- I think they only were only doing the qualifying rounds to give it the air of legitimacy. Like I hey. We're doing these qualifying rounds. Clearly, right. we're pulling from like a pool of people who have shown that they're uh, smart. Right, right, right. Uh, so it wouldn't be like completely unbelievable when somebody no. would win. Okay. Yeah, exactly. He, he, they wanted to actually look like they were getting real contestants. It's probably some of them were real contestants, but the ones who were winning were coached. Okay. Most of the, most of the time. Uh, but they decided that they, uh, the producers of the show, Jack and Dan, they decided they want to have like a champion, like a running guy that people can root for as he like beats contestant after right. contestants. They want their show to have a plot. And they so, want their game show to have a plot. Exactly. Uh, and... Where, where do I have it here? Uh, so he takes the... So Stemple takes the qualifying uh, test. And a couple weeks later, Dan Enright uh, visits Stemple. Uh, he's babysitting his kid while his wife is out at the theater. Wait, I'm sorry. The the show producer visits this guy, Herb Stemple. Yeah. He answered all the questions, right? Yeah. While he's babysitting. While he's babysitting his okay. kid. While his wife's out at the theater. Fucking cuck. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm tired of your quiz show bullshit. Uh, my personal trainer is going to take me to the theater. Uh, Speaking of which, again, uh, a total fucking weirdo with a wife and a kid. Just throwing that yes. out there. Oh, yeah. Granted, a cuck, but... I Like, it must have been so easy to get a wife and a kid, like, before 1980. God! Like, it right? Have, it must have been, like, putting money in a jukebox. Like, <laughs> I mean, it was basically yeah. arranged marriages. Kind of, like, yeah. Because, like, you had to do it. Yeah. And, like, it would... It just was about, like, okay, what kind of job do you have? Can you provide for my offspring? Cool, yeah. this is fine. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you look like you've worn a tie before. Hello. Hi. You see... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hold this candle up. Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, so Enright pays Stemple a visit and he says, hey, how would you like to make $25,000? Not how would you like to be on this game show where you yeah. might win money? And so just, Stemple, I'm going to give you $25,000 if you do what I say. Yeah. The strange man who has just entered your apartment. Yeah. There was cool. definitely like thunder in the background. Yeah. Uh, He's wearing a trench coat and like a fedora. It's yeah. pulled down over his head. So Stemple immediately knows that uh, he's not going on the game show to be a legitimate contestant. Yeah. He goes in and they just like, they basically coach every aspect of what this, uh, what their contestant is going to look like. They providing with coaching on answers and directions on how to deliver them, uh, but also how to like respond to questions to make it look like you have never heard the question before. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they like, like acting got, lessons. Yeah, they got him different clothes. Uh, they taught him how what to say to the host, when to say it, uh, what questions to answer, what questions to miss. They would tell him like when to mop his brow in like the isolation booth, right? To like make it look like the pressure's on. Yeah, and they yeah. would like turn the air conditioning in the booths on and off to make people sweat more if they wanted to. That is diabolical. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, and he goes on a tear because they have given him all the answers. Sure. It's very easy to win when they do that. <laughs> Turns out. <laughs> uh, and th- But they wanted to make him, because he was like ex-military, Herb is, mm-hmm. so they wanted to play that up. They wanted to make, make him look like an ex-GI, just like working his way through college. He's like 26 at this time, yeah. so like it's about that age. Um, 
and he, they would tell him like Dan Enright later said you want the viewer to react emotionally to a contestant whether he reacts favorably or negatively is not that important the important thing is that he reacts he should watch a contestant hoping that con- the contestant will win or he'd watch the contestant hoping the contestant will lose yeah and that's her, what they always say about uh, wrestling and stuff yeah when, this like, is, that's the thing is like you'll see this is basically professional wrestling yeah but in a game show but and also like I feel like it's worth pointing out like this was at the beginning of TV game shows so like there's not a lot of precedent for the idea that the producers are manipulating it but like it also, everybody watching yeah. it is like this is legit this is I'm watching like basically just uh, it it's like as truthful as me doing the new york times crossword puzzle yeah is like what i'm watching but also it shows like how easily audiences are bored because yeah. tv is like a brand new thing and already they're like we're bored this show sucks <laughs> that's a really good point oh i can watch yeah. a screen in my house that's constantly changing and giving me information and i hate yeah. it so they realize quickly that uh herb stemple is a heel and they play him up nice. to that because people are turning in to watch him lose okay people just, don't like him people don't like but he's like keeps winning and winning they're like oh this guy's gonna fucking lose this i don't know watch 21 watch herb stemple get his ass kicked and he wins <laughs> over and over but uh, they, so when they were giving him all that coaching they weren't initially trying to make him a heel right uh no not really they and, just, but they just realized they that very, he was very they realized very quickly that was his role that <laughs> okay. was to be his role and so and obviously so if you've seen the movie, you've probably caught on at this point, our listeners, that this is the plot of the movie Quiz Show. Yes. Which is an excellent movie. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, there's an undercurrent in that movie of the idea that part of the reason Herb Stemple is a heel to audiences is because he is Jewish. And like they bring in a guy who's like kind of waspy to win against him. Yeah. Which we'll get into. Is that also true in real life? Uh, which parts? Just the idea that like Part, there's sort of a he reads as Jewish and that's partially like it's playing into people's anti-Semitism nobody specifically heel. says it except for Herb will claim that okay okay so uh, this is like but nobody Herb else says will, it after nobody else will nobody else will make will make that leap at least vocally right but that is that is he is Jewish in real life he is Jewish and they do bring in kind of a waspy guy to play. and Charles Van Doren is very much a waspy guy yeah. uh, at this point uh, Stemple he's, he's won about $69,500 damn I think that's in an, 1950s money yeah. that's like 8 million dollars I think that's including the 25 up front okay uh and that was presented to him as an unnotarized settlement agreement oh boy and not actually like his prize money because out of there are probably legal implications there uh and weeks went by um and he uh uh, Herb would say people would recognize me more and more I got more and more fan mail my classmates at college were very proud of me Pro- my professors were proud of me were proud of me I just couldn't hold this inside me though because I was so overjoyed about being a celebrity he's loving this life he's yeah. like soaking it in uh, everybody's just like patting him on the back mm-hmm. uh, he's just got the adoration of it and he's like in the academic world too so he's like going on TV and being like I'm the, the king great- of nerds I'm the king of academia yeah. technically uh, what you on TV for no i was on tv for being smart and knowing facts yeah uh, i feel like that's uh yeah truly the the dream for yeah. a dork and then dan Enright comes up to him and he says you know herb you're not going to get all the money you've won so far or that you're going to win you're not going to get all the money and he says we have to look out for ourselves so i have a paper here which you're going to have to sign and he realizes that if he doesn't sign it he's going to kick 
getting kicked off the show. Okay, so, so he it's signs like, an agreement to make to take less like, you're, money. You're playing with house money. Yes. So we're not going to pay you all. Right. Of it. We're, Got it. We're gonna. Speaking of, did you know now when a game show when they film game shows, if your game show does not air, they don't have to pay you. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is. Isn't that wild? Yeah. So, like, if you win a million dollars on who wants want to be a millionaire and they just don't air it, they don't have to pay you. So, they'll just, like, air, like pick certain episodes to not air and then you don't pay you? It's I not- mean, I don't think they do that, but that is technically, like, a... Like, they're allowed to do that. Because when you first said that, I thought you meant, like, they would if they shot a pilot of a game show that never got aired. That's true, also. Also true. That's but also, also true. the other... Also, like, if your specific episode doesn't air. I think it. so, yeah. I think it's if huh. your specific episode doesn't air. Man. But, yeah, can you imagine getting on a pilot... And, uh, like, you win all this money and then the show doesn't get picked up. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what being on a pilot is like that doesn't get picked up. Yeah. Like, if, you, <laughs> if you're if you just on a pilot as an actor and it doesn't get picked up, it's basically the yeah. same thing. You're it's like... You're, blow, you're like, well, goodbye to that s- several tens of thousands of dollars yeah, that would have been mine. That potential, yeah. like, hundreds of thousands of dollars I would have had that yeah. I no longer have because... Right, my pilot didn't get picked and up, and Pat Sajak still gives it to you. That's TV. So, so never mind. I don't feel bad for those game show hosts because that's uh, the experience of every actor and comedian yeah. in the world. So never mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, game show. We were. I would, I would never feel bad for the host. The contestants, I'd feel bad for maybe. Sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. The oh, okay. contestants. All right. Yeah, yeah. The hosts are just like the hosts, especially in this time. They're just like concocting new games. Yeah. And if you can host a game show, you work forever. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Like game oh show hosts have the longest careers in show business yes like forever uh because well because the same people have been watching them for the last 50 years and they don't want to see those faces change yeah 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 Uh, they look they they want old reliable Uh, (laughs) they want new weird contrived bullshit games same square jaws as always yeah so Steppel agrees to take less money. Uh, the producers still see like ratings start to drop, and so they decide uh, Steppel's charms have plateaued. Okay, uh, and Enright- his heel charms. Yes, <laughs> uh, Enright anoints another king of the show. He's a pedigreed, clean-cut wasp intellectual from a literary family, an English instructor at Columbia, and he would become the most acclaimed and notorious of all quiz show contestants. Well, I really feel that's like subjective. Yeah, acclaimed with a big asterisk. Yeah. But I really feel like this dude who they get, this literary professor at Columbia whose dad is like a famous novelist and shit, Mm -hmm. this guy is a fucking like border collie. Like that's how like waspy he is. Yes. Like he's a border collie and Herb Stemple is one of those dogs that looks like a mom. He's Mitt Romney. Yeah, he is, he is exactly Mitt Romney. He's 100% Mitt Romney. Uh, Charles Van Doren, he was persuaded to go along with the fraud by an appeal that his appearance would help glamorize information and intellectualism. Uh, at least we're not trying to do that anymore. Uh, his <laughs> We've imp- given up on yeah. that fight. Uh, his impact was immediate, and his name quickly became synonymous with quiz shows. He was introduced as a contestant to Herb on November 28th, 1956. He was introduced as a challenger. Stemple says, once I I saw him i knew my days on the show were numbered he was tall thin and waspy and i was this bronx jewish kid it was as simple as that yeah he like as soon as people it was like the kennedy nixon thing like if yeah. people saw if people saw they were like oh they they're they're gonna like this guy way more than me yeah that's, basically that's what very he's kennedy nixon yes uh van doren and stemple ultimately played to a series of four 21 21 tie games damn uh, and each uh, the that's, audi- that's exciting they did a, yeah. those producers did a good job rigging oh this. yeah audience interest build with each uh, each week and each new game and finally uh, Enright decided to cut the cord and they uh, 
told Herb Stemple he's going to have to take a fall. This is Dan Enright speaking. I told Herb Stemple that he was going to be losing that night to Charles Van Dorn. He asked me whether he could not forego losing and whether he could not play against Van Dorn clean, suggesting it could be touted as a duel between Columbia and CCNY. So he's like, hey, we're both actually smart. Maybe you could like give yeah. us real questions and we'll try to answer. And I said no. And I reminded him <laughs> that he had given me his word when I asked him to lose. And he said he would lose when I asked him to. I mean, again, if we're going to make the analogy to professional wrestling, yeah, the appropriate thing to do is to lose. That that's like, yeah, that's you gotta you gotta put the company ahead K-fabe. of your own. Yeah, yeah. You, Sorry, dude. Yeah, uh, Stemple was directed to bow out on a question that was so easy it would haunt him for the rest of his life. After winning nearly fifty thousand dollars, Stemple flubbed the question: Which movie won the Academy Award for Best Picture in nineteen fifty five? And as it happened, he had seen the winning movie Marty three times. Poor, uh, poor Herb had to lose on Marty. It's all, it is worth pointing out too, like that for the que- the questions that they asked on the show were like, "What's the name of Napoleon's horse in this battle?" From like they're really hard and obscure. So the fact that he had to lose on fucking Marty, yeah. And humiliating humiliating herb does not take the loss well in addition to like that specific question being just personally humiliating he also as he leaves the show he kind of finds out what the producers really thought of him uh he recalled that there was a moment in the booth when his conscious and sense of fair play warned with the warned with a sense of obligation and that he almost disrupted the scripted outcome by giving the correct answer and after his loss he overheard one backstage technician say to the other at least we finally have a clean-cut intellectual on this program, not a freak with a sponge memory. Aww, so he was just Herb. getting trashed behind the He's, scenes. That's what being smart is. That's what, yeah. especially, that's what being trivia smart is. Yeah. That's like, There's only so much room in your brain. Yeah, and like, intellectuals don't give a fuck about what movie won in 1955. Like, no. that's not an intellectual. That's fucking bar trivia. That's bar trivia. That's just, that's just soaking up uh, everything you see and like absorbing it as like an individual thing. Oh, I can use that later. Yeah, I but can then file only, that away. Yeah, you can file that away and hope that quiz shows and trivia <laughs> games are still a thing in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> so that I can, be, I can like claim to I'm still mad use on this. his behalf. Yeah. Fuck Charles Van Doren. Uh, Not really. He also, I feel kind of bad for him. But yeah. anyway, Charles uh, Charles Van Doren uh, had a huge run. Uh, his popularity soared uh, from Did his success on the Did he manage show. to glamorize education as he was uh, told that he would? Uh, I don't know if uh, he glamorized the uh, institution of intellectualism. <laughs> uh, he made a name for himself. He got on the cover of Time Magazine, and he was he even got a regular spot on the Today Show. Damn. That's how old that show is. Yeah, fuck. Uh, that was when they had a monkey hosting. Uh, 21 actually surpassed I Love Lucy in the ratings at one point. Fuck. And he was finally unseated on March 11th, 1957 by... Uh, so consist- this is like, all, like eight nine months later right yeah yeah he's got he goes he goes for a while yeah he was unseated by someone named vivian wax nearing after winning a total of a hundred and forty three thousand dollars which today is about eight hundred thousand dollars damn it's a crazy amount of money uh meanwhile stemple just dis- they let a, whim- a woman beat him that's nice yeah they, i mean i don't want to call these asshole producers progressive but you know yeah breaking the glass ceiling of rigged i was her turn yeah, it was her turn. It was her turn. Yeah, I'm with her. I'm with her. <laughs> uh, 
in the meantime, Stemple disgruntled, still not having it. He was, I was wronged. Uh, this pretty guy came in, and just because he looks better than me, Ugh. he gets to win. He's when mad. that happens to people in like high school, they shoot up the school. Uh-huh. Like this is Herb Stemple losing prom king. Uh, like, that's what's happening right now. Uh, yeah, except that actual nerds like can't pick up a gun, and so Stemple does the actual <laughs> nerd equivalent of shooting up his school, uh, which is he tries to blow the whistle on what's going on behind mm, the scenes at twenty one. Telling ca- he called, the nerd version of violence. Telling uh, he called Jack O'Brien, a columnist uh, who covered TV for the New York City Journal American, huge newspaper. Okay, uh, I don't. Know if it Clearly is it is because yeah. we've all heard of it. Yeah, naturally, uh, uh, it's still around. Uh, although Brian he, O'Brien found that his story hung together, he just didn't have uh, enough actual evidence. And if you if you go out with that, and you don't have any like tangible evidence, you're getting sued for libel. So he can't. He really can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stemple uh, t- would later testify to Congress that he had also spoken with a reporter from the New York Post, but that that paper had the same reservations. There was no corroboration. Wow, that's very different from the New York Post today. Yes, right. <laughs> the idea, Whoa. like, oh, we got to stick with our journalistic integrity yeah. here. We can't publish anything that's not true. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, the New York Post is all, like, yeah. that's the one that the cover is always, like, subway pervert, nabbed, like, yeah. all that shit. <laughs> like, if the Queen of England got shot in the stomach and she was in the hospital, the headline would be, like, God said Save the spleen. Yeah, like, exactly. It would be trashy like that. <laughs> uh, there, so Herb had, uh, he had his whole story, but there were no corroborating witnesses. Nobody's like willing to go along with Herb on this. He's just doing it by himself. Nobody's willing to back up his testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Dan Enright, when he was questioned, he dismissed all the accusations as being rooted in jealousy, which they were. Yeah, uh, they were true, but they were also rooted in jealousy. Uh, 21 did actually have to, uh, was the subject of a congressional investigation, but it was uh, in uh, regarding uh, HUAC hearings and Hueck. possible cost- communists in the entertainment industry. And- Wait, so how did who I get involved? Sorry. Uh, Charles Dubin. So, Wait. but like, why did, why did this game show have to do with HUAC? Uh, he was just... Uh, uh, the show's he was the show's director and okay, people okay. just accused him of being a communist tight, tight. and he was fired after he refused to answer whether he had ever been a part of the communist party cool but no but that's the only did you hear that's happening right now in um new york there's like a, a teacher that they're trying yes. to fire because she's a communist yeah so uh history is going to repeat itself everyone be careful out there that's uh, all i want to say who's the new mccarthy just uh, Louise Mensch, actually. That's right. <laughs> uh, so nobody believes Herb. Nobody believes Herb's story uh, until uh, in August 1958, another game show called Dotto. Uh, Terrible name. It was abruptly canceled after uh, one of the contestants was backstage and he found a notebook that contained all the answers to the questions for that day's uh, game and it was written it, on the on the book it said like for Marie who was like his opponent so <laughs> it he, just said <laughs> answers to all the questions literally yeah clue number it like, one it on was the like front. her workbook yeah. that she was supposed to memorize <laughs> and he just found it and he uh, said hey this is uh, cheating and so uh, they launched an investigation yeah which I also love that because it's like I feel like TV was so new then that they were like this might not be legal. We don't know. I feel like now it'd just be like, yeah, it's TV. It's fake. But yeah. like, then they're like, this needs a Senate hearing. Like, yeah, that's amazing. Uh, the guy who found the notebook, Edward Helgemeyer Jr. 
tore he tore out the relevant pages uh and then he told another contestant after she lost that uh she had been cheated because like yeah uh, oh with this marie win she's getting all the answers uh hilgemeyer later reported that dotto's producers paid him fifteen hundred dollars to keep quiet and mm, Kim- i feel like that would be enough to buy my silence even in today's money yeah i'm pretty broke but then uh yaffe kimball who was the other contestant who lost uh they paid her four thousand dollars because she actually lost the match okay uh, that would definitely be enough. What's your price? F- uh, to stay quiet about a game show that I got cheated on? Yeah. Uh, I guess it depends how much money is in the actual game show, because then I know what I'm working with. Mm, that's a good point. If they that's got more point. money, if it's who wants to be a millionaire, I'm going five figures. Dang. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's fair. I, I, I just feel like I'm broke enough. You're that, not like, going to make me look stupid on TV for free. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I look stupid. I would. Well, that's the thing. We're comedians. Like yeah. we would kill someone for the chance to look stupid on TV for free. Okay. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like uh, not just cause I'm like, Oh, uh, what's Delaware? I don't that's know. True. That's true. That's, <laughs> that's a, a different, different kind of stupid. Different type of stupid. That's a different kind of stupid. Hilgemeyer Jr. Eventually comes forward. He contacts, uh, Colgate Palmolive, who was the sponsor. Uh, I thought that was a dude's name and it was funny to me. Colgate Palmolive. Colgate Palmolive. Hello, sir. I am Colgate Palmolive. How many, uh, how many sailboats does Colgate Palmolive own? (laughs) A fleet. Colgate Palmolive owns a marina. You didn't have to win one on Press Your Luck. No, 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 no. He gives them out. (laughs) Yeah, you get, as soon as you sign the birth certificate Colgate, you get one. (laughs) You start collecting. Uh, Executives at CBS and the show sponsor quickly moved to confirm the allegation and they were work internally and the show is eventually canceled uh in in the meantime hilgemeyer complains to the fcc and the host of the show jack nar stated he was not notified of dotto's cancellation until some until sometime after the final episodes had been recorded nars was later subpoenaed and he had to take a polygraph test and they found out that he wasn't connected to the fraud it'd be funny if they hooked him up to a polygraph and then just asked him the questions the on trivia Dotto. question <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so after this the, like terrible mess at CBS and so Stemple's allegations start to like look a little uh, more true because sure. oh he's been his story's been corroborated uh, peripherally and meanwhile while all this is going on 21 is still airing correct? 21 is absolutely still airing okay 21 the, yeah the producers like when they were asked about Stemple's accusations they said fuck off yeah no we're not cheating this guy's just a fucking loser look at him <laughs> with his stupid nose <laughs> Jesus hey they were the ones anti-semitic not me that's true that's true they were Incredibly, yeah, they they got Robert Redford, yeah, to direct the movie. <laughs> uh, uh, there, uh, there was actually so much turmoil going on in the game show community that a uh, grand jury was convened in autumn 1958 to investigate Dotto and some other game shows, and 21 got pulled into it. Uh, not only did some of the producers lie to the grand jury, they also had contestants. They also urged like contestants to perjure themselves. Uh, in cool. Lower Man- in Lower Manhattan, the grand jury was convened for nine months. They heard testimony from more than one hundred and fifty contestants. It's estimated that more God, th- can you imagine the fucking dorks oh who they God. had to listen to just yammer on? Yeah. Ugh. Uh, they heard testimony from 150 contestants. It's estimated that more than 100 lied. Stempel continued Damn. telling the truth to anyone who would listen, but he was his, it was his unsubstantiated word against everyone else. There was still no hard evidence. His testimony to the DA and the grand jury implicated Van Dorn in the fraud, but there was massive resistance in accepting this accusation. Nobody wanted to think that Van Dorn was like also a cheater. Like it, the sh- yeah, yeah. Look at him. He yeah. has a square jaw he's and pretty of, eyes. It, he's, he's not a cheater. Yeah. 
is and now he's also like the face of the network because he's on all their other shows right he's like, a he's correspondent got, on today yeah uh, so he can't be a fraud. Yeah. So the grand jury hears all his testimony, and then all of a sudden, uh, the testimony is sealed from the public by Judge Mitchell Schweitzer. Uh, no, nobody still knows to this day why he uh, why he did this. It was almost an unprecedented move in New York State. Dang. Uh, in the no fewer than 497 grand jury presentments that had been filed since 1869, not one had ever been sealed. This was the first one. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, Who afraid- gives that much of a shit about game shows? I don't know. Why you got to? seal it that's crazy uh uh, suspicious of a cover-up congress called an immediate investigation stemple uh testified for the u.s house subcommittee on legislative oversight like that's amazing yeah it's that they had to listen to fucking game show problems yeah charles van doren is under pressure from his bosses of the today show and he has to testify to avoid the committee subpoena he went into hiding Nice. It was another former 21 quit contestant, an artist named James Snodgrass, who finally provided the indisputable supporting proof that the show had been rigged. Snodgrass had documented every answer he was coached on in a series of registered letters he mailed to himself before the show was taped. That is, see, that guy is a real smarty pants. Yeah. That's not just a sponge of facts. That is very smart. Yeah. Good for uh, him. A month after the hearings began, Van Doren emerged from hiding and confessed before the committee that he had been complicit in the fraud. Uh, and then education was ruined forever. No one ever went to college again because he was such a bad influence. The uh, end. Uh, <laughs> actually following the scandal Stemple finished college uh, on this GI Bill he went to work for the New York City Transportation Department for the next two decades performing examinations before trial which means he represented the department in depositions by opposing counsel testifying to various records in the city's possession basically something only but somebody who like has a sponge memory can do right right uh, it was not until he was approached some 30 years later by the producers of the documentary The Quiz Show Scandals that he finally agreed agreed to be interviewed on the subject really yeah he, i thought he was talking to anybody who would listen uh not after it got settled i think okay yeah i think once did he was, get any money uh he got some money he um uh i think he co if he got like a co-producer credit on oh, quiz okay. show. so he got some money for that yeah he was on set for a quiz show that's yeah cool. he got paid for that but like did he get any money in the settlement uh, I'm not. Sh- I guess not because he no, cause did it, something cause bad it wasn't a, too. Because it wasn't a civil suit. Yeah, that's true. It was okay. just a congressional investigation. Got it. Uh, Herb Stemple. Yeah, I guess Congress doesn't hear civil suits. Yeah. About who is suing people. Okay. Never uh, mind. Continue. <laughs> he says that uh, Herb Stemple says that every time the movie quiz show is on television, his phone rings and somebody on the other end says, "What picture won the Academy Award in 1955?" That poor man. Uh, <laughs> but also. How is everybody getting his phone number? Unlist your number, dummy. I know, yeah. Come I guess on, it, man. I guess this was before that was like common practice. <laughs> well, you, when you have no cell phones, I guess you just want people to look you up. Because like Maybe. everybody's phone was like listed, but like nobody lists their cell phone. No, 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 no. But like every, but you can unlist your landline. Right, you can. But like, I don't think anybody ever thought to. Or like, why would I do that? I want people to be able to find me. Yeah, I'm lonely. It was before you could just like type somebody's name into Google and learn everything about them, that's I guess. That's true, that's true. Uh, Charles Van Dorn was dropped from NBC and resigned from his post of assistant professor at Columbia University. He became an editor at Prager Books and a pseudonymous at first writer before becoming an editor at the Encyclopedia Britannica and the author of several books. I honestly like, I feel like that 
this ruined his life more than anybody else's. Oh, he Charles Van Doren. Like yeah, he was he a, lost he was, the most by far. Yeah, and he, like granted, it's because he had the farthest to fall. Like he was a he was kind of more right. privileged than everybody else involved. But like that totally disgraced him and completely ruined his academic career and he had to write encyclopedia articles like yeah. he was basically demoted to like a wikipedia editor from working at columbia which i don't think would happen like at his academia career maybe not but he's still like today if that happened he would still have his tv career oh he would still he would be have, on the today show for have, sure like if anything that would help his tv career yeah yeah it's, yeah. A, it's, it's amazing to me that he was dropped he would be the president he seemed, yeah although this is still like uh this was still like in the 50s when TV was still kind of wholesome and people were eating cornflakes to keep from masturbating. Yeah, that's true. So it was a different it was a different mindset, I guess. <laughs> Scandals were not as uh, yeah. you you couldn't like, you know, you couldn't release a sex tape and become famous back then. No, that's not. No. That's not what and finally, the scandal forced the producers, Barry and Enright, into virtual exile. Enright moved to Canada to continue his production career. Uh, Ugh. Jack Barry would not. I'm going into Canadian show business. Ugh. I've really made it. <laughs> that uh, sucks. Yeah, I'm a I'm a co-producer on the Red Green Show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack Barry would not host another national TV show for more than a decade. Poor guy. In 1971, he sold his first new game show to ABC. It was called The Real Game. He also hosted it. It ran for 13 weeks. <laughs> oh, that's that sucks. And that's the end of that story. Wow. This, tore the world apart over a game show yeah congress <laughs> congress got involved. got involved that's incredible yeah um yeah if if anybody listening found that interesting you should definitely watch the movie quiz show it's really good i feel like it's a wonderful metaphor for capitalism but mm. i might just think that because i think everything is a metaphor for capitalism. i can't stop seeing them yeah yeah they're everywhere <laughs> yeah i'll be like i'll be like cooking a burger and i'm like damn this is like capitalism <laughs> i feel like cooking a burger is not like capitalism because burgers are good and capitalism is bad well we've established before we smoke different weed that's true that is true <laughs> good point um yeah so what uh what do you think people should take from the story what's the moral um get take uh there's a lot of insane people uh doling out lots of money uh, in the tv and entertainment industry so take advantage of them whenever you can um yeah and uh try to get a sailboat if you got if you got a shot yeah go for if it if you live like within i would say 200 miles of the coast yeah or on a, like a big enough lake or a lake a, a big s- enough a, lake a, yeah. i don't know how big a sailboat we're talking but like a nice sunfish that's fun on a little pond i feel like even a small what you picture as a small sailboat is small sailboat is still like very big for most boats no it's what, not what do you mean what? welcome to sailboat chat with right. adam and and cat <laughs> a small sailboat is like the size of a canoe if that really yeah yeah, oh, like a one or two person sailboat, a little something. Oh, fish. like a dinghy, kind of. Yeah, so oh, okay. I'm thinking more like a. You're thinking like a yacht. Like not a yacht, but like a like a. Oh, uh, we're gonna wear all white polos and white shorts. Sure. And we're gonna go sailing. You're today. thinking of like a sailboat where you can like walk around on it. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. That That's, was my idea of a small one. I mean, I. Not to say that I'm like into sa- like I've been on giant sailboats look, my whole clearly, life. Clearly. We don't know a lot about sailboats. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other moral of this podcast. Um, uh, I'm from Nebraska. So. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm from New Hampshire with 18 miles of coastline. It's all islands. Um, so yeah, I feel like it's funny to me because I do feel like this was back in the days when 
television was presumed to have some kind of integrity. I feel like this yeah. would not be a thing now. No, uh, people would try to make it a thing, but it would be like there would be like twenty people who were like, "This is an outrage," but they're being fueled by like the three people who were like, "We can make some money if we make people think this is an outrage." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I bet I can drive people to my blog if I yes. make people think this is an outrage. I have some thoughts about it. I was gonna make a piece about it. I mean, I guess there's still like sort of the veneer of integrity in television. Like I was just thinking when we were talking about, you know, how. Charles Van Doren would be successful now. Like Trump. Okay. So after the like grabbing pussy tape, mm. Billy Bush got fired <laughs> and Trump yeah. got to be the president. I like, think it's, I think once you get into these sort of circle of like news programs, they still maintain true. that. And Billy Bush was kind of in that hemisphere. He was like sort of. entertainment news, but also wasn't he on like the today show sometimes. But so was Charles Van Doren. Uh yeah. He was on the Today show. He got fired from that. Yeah. So I wonder if he would today or if they would still Um I think well I also think there's more outlets on TV now. Like he might like the prestige that the Today show still thinks it has. That doesn't carry over to all TV like it did That's then. True. That's true. That's true. But then it was like, yeah, how dare this game show not be truthful, which yeah. is like such a laughable idea now. Uh, I like, thought it was sorry, I thought this... I was tuning into the Honesty show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how dare you? Uh yeah, damn. So in the 1950s and 60s, game shows were a big enough deal that Congress got involved. Holy yeah. shit. So uh, I think that's that's our story today. Do yeah. you have anything you want to plug? This will probably come out in like two weeks. Two weeks. Uh, no. Hopefully you're still <laughs> alive by then. Oh. Check on Adam. Oh, I've been worried about that. But you know, no more than usual. All but right. it's always a lot. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Pat will hopefully be back next week and not hung over and stuck at his house. Uh, I'm Kath Barbadoro with my guest Adam Raybeck. Check out all of the podcasts on uh, Body Tape International, a bunch of awesome Austin comedy podcasts about all sorts of topics. Um, we have a Twitter. It's uh, LCS Podcast or LCS Pod. Look up both. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. And and uh, have a wonderful week, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. National.